0: It's time, it's time, time, time to get in the zone, time to
1: get in the zone
0: with the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
2: Before I do that, I want you the trade the Niners made. the post was Yes. the to trade it for Jeff Wilson. Um, and listen, Wilson was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. The Niners got something for him. Do I think the Niners running backs are going to stay healthy? I worry about that. So what I've traded him, I, I don't know. I may have, if you're in for this year, I might've kept him around, but I, it sounded like Wilson wanted to be moved. It sounded like they honored that. And it's, I don't disagree with that. You're getting something for probably somebody who maybe wouldn't have been in your plans next year. If you figure Mitchell and McCaffrey are going to be your one 2 I get it completely. You drafted Ty Davis price, totally get it. But what I did want to do is just give a little respect to Jeff Wilson, because this sure. was an undrafted free agent who came to the team in 2018. We had him on the show then, and he was, I'm not just saying this, he was one of the nicest people we've ever interviewed. Super nice guy, super engaging on and off. Really, really liked him. And in four plus seasons with the Niners, he started 15 games. He had 390 carries for 1,733 yards, 15 rushing TDs, 45 receptions for 387 yards and four TDs. He had 435 total touches, 2,120 total yards and 19 touchdowns. His best season was in 2020 when he led the team with 600 yards rushing and he scored 10 total TDs that year, he's got five plus rushing yard games And the only player with more TDs than him are Kittle since this start of 2018 are Kittle and Debo. So listen, you don't expect anything from an undrafted free agent when somebody comes in and he was never really the starter. He just always had to come in and for people who were injured and he always stepped up. So best of luck to him in Miami. He's one of those players who kind of demanded respect for me because of what he went out there and did. So he's always been sort of a fan favorite of mine. Um, sad to see him go, but I understand it. And I hope, I hope he does well in Miami. I think he'll always have a role in the NFL because he is a good, he is a good bath to have on your team.
1: Yeah. The the move made sense to me on, on a bunch of different levels. One, just talk about what kind of incredible value do you get by signing a guy as an undrafted free agent in 2018 you know, giving him contracts, which amounted to veteran minimums uh once his rookie contract was over. And then you flip him for a fifth round pick, which in, in Santa Clara is the equivalent of an all pro player, right? You're talking about George Kittle. You're talking about, you know, um <clears throat> uh, Dre Greenlaw, right? Uh They turn fifth round picks into, into great players. So, you know, will that continue? Hopefully, but we'll see. But not only that, But even even with the injury situation with the running backs, you've got Elijah Mitchell coming back. You've got Ty Davis Price. You've got Jordan Mason. And you also have Tevin Coleman on the practice squad. So there is a lot of there are a lot of bodies there that if if somebody does go down and God forbid, it's 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 the top dog CMC. But if somebody does go down, there is depth there to to weather that. Without Jeff Wilson. But the one thing that Jeff Wilson offered that none of those other backs do, except for Tevin Coleman, is his receiving ability out of the backfield. And so uh, I was reading uh, uh, Matt Barrows had uh, a mailbag article today on the athletic, and somebody had asked him about whether we would see when Mitchell came back if we would see a lot of that uh, pony personnel which is what they call it when they have two backs on the field, but it's two running backs, right? So this past Sunday, it was a lot of Jeff Wilson and Christian McCaffrey. And the one thing that Barrows brought up was the one thing that Jeff Wilson offers that that Ty Davis-Price doesn't and Elijah Mitchell doesn't is receiving ability out of the backfield uh, and also size enough to 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 be a lead blocker if if necessary. And so the one thing that I am wondering is – could we see Jordan Mason step up into that role? Because one of the one of the essentially one of the strengths of Mason's game was his receiving ability out of the backfield at Georgia Tech. He displayed it a little bit in the preseason, and he's a bigger guy. And so I'm wondering if, you know, if we see some of that pony personnel with Christian McCaffrey and Jordan Mason, especially if Uzchek doesn't come back after the buy, like we anticipate he is, it is a broken, I don't, is it, it's a broken finger, right? It's not a broken yeah. hand. He needed so, surgery
2: though on it. So I don't know how long he's going to Yeah. Be. That's what I'm saying. Passed, I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know how long. Um, I mean, I thought, I also thought Ross did great filling in for him uh, and he had that long reception, but, uh, but yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, you know, and, and, and I, I always remember that my Jeff Wilson Jr. Game is that game against the Patriots in, in Foxborough where he just mm-hmm. ran all over mm-hmm. them. Um, that's the one that I always remember. And so, uh, I, I loved Jeff Wilson. I never had a bad thing to say about him. Uh, you know, he seemed to be a, a leader in the locker room and somebody that, 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 the rest of the team really enjoyed. And then I always, I always loved that idea of him going to that dark place right before, before games, you know, you, you just said he was one of the nicest guys you've ever interviewed. And yet on the field, you know, he turns into a madman. And so, uh, yeah, big respect and, and glad that he's going somewhere where I think he's going to have, uh, an ability to make an impact uh, and he's rejoining Mike McDaniel and Raheem Mostert. So good for Jeff.
0: Yeah. And I think that uh, I, I kind of echo that same sentiment about Jeff Wilson, Jr. Like he was one of my, he was one of my favorite kind of unsung 49ers and my Jeff Wilson moment is, and it's, it's kind of funny. Cause like people will be like, well, you're talking about like a backup running back, but no, it's, it's, it's more so that because he was a team player. Like he wasn't expected to contribute at all. Right. And he comes in mm-hmm. and it seemed like whenever they called his number, he was able to produce either a touchdown or a big play like for a while, like out the stat that you put out about Jeff Wilson uh, being third in touchdowns. He was number one in touchdowns for two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Well, while, while Kittle and Debo were still getting their feet underneath them. And he was, he, he had the most touchdowns on the team for a couple of seasons there. And it seemed like every time he touched the ball, it was, it was near the goal line. He was able to get in. Uh, my Jeff Wilson moment is, is that Arizona game in 2019 when, the Niners came back from, I believe it was 16 down. They they're losing 16 nothing. Came all the way back, and uh, almost as time was expiring, with a, with less than 30 seconds left, he hit that angle route. Jimmy hit him. Didn't even see him. Like the, the, you, There was a, an NFL Films thing later on where Jimmy was mic'd up, and he was like, I didn't even see you. I threw it to a spot and hoped that you were there. He was in the right spot and was able to come in uh, to the end zone untouched, and it was a huge win for the team at the time. Um, and he just seemed to always – have a nose for the end zone. And I, for one, couldn't think of a better place for him to go than Miami with Mike McDaniel over there, former offensive coordinator. It's like the – Brito was over there for a little bit too, right? So it's like a, it's like an old Niners reunion with, with most are currently there. Jeff Wilson currently there. Brito was there in the past. So they, they like to take the running backs and become the South Beach 49ers. But it, his contributions, like he was a hard runner. I still, to this day, I believe that during the Super Bowl, they should have featured him more. And the reason why is because yards were hard to come by with the running game. He was a tough runner could catch a ball out of the backfield. And I, and I really thought that that was the advantage that they had against the chiefs in the super bowl was that the chiefs linebackers couldn't cover. And I just thought it would be angle rounds and dump off to Jeff Wilson all day. And they just, you know, obviously we know how that went down, but the, the thought about Elijah Mitchell as a pass catcher. So, you know, I feel like he, if, if we were to compare what Mostert was as a pass catcher and what Elijah Mitchell is as a pass catcher, I would say that like, you know, in terms of hierarchy of pass catching of 49ers running backs, Jeff Wilson obviously would be near the top. If you, if you take away CNC, right. Cause he's only been here for a couple weeks. Wilson would have been at the top. Then I would rank Mitchell below him. And then most below him. Uh, Mitchell had 20 targets last year. He caught 19 of them. Right. So he's a pretty sure-handed player when he has the ball in his hands, catching the ball. It's just that I don't know if they can feature him the same way that they featured Jeff Wilson out of the backfield, catching the ball. Do they need to now with Christian McCaffrey at this point. I don't think so. But to me, my dream is just to have just so much speed on the field where you have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell on the field at the same time. Now it's like, well, what do you do with that? Right. You've got a guy that can, both of the those guys are home run hitters. So to me, like as much as I hate to see Jeff Wilson go, like that idea of Mitchell and McCaffrey on the field at the same time is just so intriguing to me. And it's just going to be such a matchup nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators.
2: So you mentioned I'm on team never pay running back, and typically I am. Um, As special as they can be, you see what Brees was doing for the Jets, and then he, you know, he tears his ACL. Running backs just running backs just get hurt. McCaffrey's had his injury issues too, but the NFL is going in a different direction, and it seems like now the teams that are at least even somewhat ready to compete, these draft picks aren't as valuable as they used to be, and everybody is trading them now for stars, and I'm all about that in the off season. Lynch did an interview when he talked about how maybe this, they had to take their foot off the gas right now. And I really didn't like that because I thought they were close to winning, even with the young quarterback at the time and the, and the other teams were loading up the bills the well, Denver tried to the chargers have tried to, <laughs> and the Rams had success with that. That's what teams were doing. They were loading up. So when they made this trade for McCaffrey, I don't care about the draft picks Are any of those draft picks you traded going to be Christian McCaffrey. Probably not. So, You're a team that can win in the next two or three years. To me, that was probably worth it. You're probably only going to have two or three years of McCaffrey, really, at this type of level, and that's fine. That's what you traded for. You're trying to win now. You're not rebuilding and like, oh, can he help us for the next six years? No, you want a championship the next two or three years. So I love the trade. I still do. I think it injected life into the team. But yeah, just the way the NFL is going, you see what the Dolphins are doing, where they they add Nick Chubb. Uh, The Ravens add- um, Bradley Chubb.
1: Not Bradley Nick, Chubb, Bradley.
2: I'm sorry. I had Nick Chubb in my head for running backs. Bradley yeah. Chubb, keep me in line, Brian. Thank you. Keep, <laughs> me, in line, buddy. keep me on the straight and arrow. Um, yeah, but, right. so Bradley Chubb and um, Roquan Smith got added to the Ravens. They, they're going for it. I have no issue with that. You even see what the Dolphins they they traded for all those picks for Trey Lance and, and they turn into Tyreek Hill and they turn into Bradley Chubb. And it's just I love the way the league's going, I love that these teams have their foot on the gas. It's fun. It's been a weird year, but it's fun now to see these teams go all in
0: and really push for championships.
1: Yeah, this was the I, most I hate to fun say NFL... Oh, go
0: ahead. I hate to say it, but I think that uh, Miami won that Trey Lance trade. <laughs> I hate to or say it. TBD, but in the short term, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. But as to say, this is the most fun trade deadline in in NFL history, it's also the most active trade deadline in NFL history, and and I think I think what we learned from it is that, like you said, Al, there is a little bit of a shift in philosophy. Uh, It looks like Zane. I think Zane froze. He has this smile on his face right now that is just <laughs> sitting there. I love it. Uh, but what I was, I do think I do think uh, the the landscape has shifted, and and I have to wonder if part of that is because you're going to see an explosion in the salary cap starting next Mm -hmm. year. And it makes it, those draft picks were cherished for so long because there were only a handful of stars that you could have on your team and pay and, and not have to supplement with cheap young talent, which is what you get in the draft. And so because the salary cap is exploding, you no longer have to worry as much about that roster construction and having too many stars or having too many players that you're paying. And then if you're the 49ers, you've got you've got Parag Marate who for, for all the, the scorn that a lot of uh, fans give him, he's a wizard when it comes to those contracts and unlike the Rams, the 49ers have a lot of players that they have paid and some that they still need to pay. Mm-hmm. And yet they're still in such a better financial position than the Rams for years to come. I mean, I heard on, uh, I think it was the athletic football show with Robert Mays. I'm pretty sure what I heard from them is that the Rams have $7 million in cap space in 2024 right? Already projecting ahead just $7 million. And we're talking about a cap that is jumping by as much as I think by 2024, I think it's going to be like almost 30% of what it is from, from uh, now, right? 30% more. So just the fact that that the 49ers are in that position and in the position to send those picks that they did to bring Christian McCaffrey in and be able to absorb that contract even next year. Right? Because that contract is not cheap. It's it's 36 million over the next 3 years, only one of which is guaranteed. So I I am um, I think it's safe to say he will renegotiate that contract this offseason and it will probably lower his cap hit. But I, I it was a lot of fun. And then the other thing that came out of this uh, today uh, is that the Dolphins traded for Bradley Chubb and then signed him to a what amounts to 5-year $110 million uh, contract extension, 68.3 million of it is guaranteed. So an annual average value of $22 million. And I know I tweeted out today, it kind of gives you a, an even better idea about what Nick Bosa's contract is going to look like. Cause Bradley Chubb came into the league a year prior to Bosa and he has seven less sacks and just way less production than Bosa did on top of being more injured than Bosa has been, right? Bosa has missed the 2020 season because of that knee injury, but that's been it. Um, and and so I have to think Bosa seeing 80 plus million guaranteed. And I, I think he's going to crack 30 million in annual average
2: value, uh, yeah. which
1: is crazy to think, but that's also one of the advantages of having a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback yeah. contract.
2: And we have a mailbag question about Bosa, so we'll get into that a little more. Okay. Um, Zane, did you have any comments on the, the way the NFL is going here?
0: Um, I, I like going. So here's the thing. There's a balance between going all in and being prudent with the cap. And I feel like when you understand that you're, you have a, a right team and an open window, that's obviously the time to go in. Right. But like a lot of teams, they're, they're still scared of sacrificing the future for that. And they don't make those trades. And you can argue that the Niners, you know, in the past, in the Harbaugh years, they never really addressed the wide receiver position outside of Crabtree. But I mean, they had chances to add guys to championship rosters. Like, also uh, as an aside, do you guys remember the the wide receivers that they trotted out for the the 2011 championship game? It was Crabtree, <sighs> Brett Swain, Brett Swain, and Joe Hastings. Like that was that was the group you were trotting out <laughs> for a championship game for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Which is why I never thought that would, they would have beaten Brady in the Super Bowl, anyways, because you're not winning with that offense. So. Anyways, as an aside, so I think that, you know, I'm glad to see them making those moves and this team has been aggressive, right? Like despite what people say, they have been aggressive. They have made trades. They have made those like win now moves, right? Trent Williams was another one, right? That was mm-hmm. like you you trade for a hall of fame left tackle and you paid him too. So I think that it's not just, they don't just rent guys, right? We look at the Emmanuel Sanders trade and we're like, Oh, well, you know, they didn't resign him. So whatever. But the point, the point is not that they didn't resign. Him. The point is that they, they, made that trade and he immediately paid off and they made a run with him. Right. The fact that they didn't close the deal. I mean, like that goes beyond, you know, trading for a wide receiver, right. That was, that was beyond that Emmanuel Sanders trade. They, they lost for factors other than because of factors other than that. So I love that, that the NFL is moving towards this. It makes it more exciting. It adds more parity. It forces teams to pay their players, which is great because we want to see our teams hold on to our favorite players. And it kind of adds a, an element of randomness to the league, which when the Niners aren't playing, and that's awesome. I, I love randomness. When the Niners play, obviously, I want to bank on the winning. But it, it it does add this this new aspect to the league, which is really, really fun.
1: Scared money don't make money.
0: Yep. <laughs> so getting into
2: some of these questions, we had to move to mailbag mail portion of the show. But somebody left put a message in the, in the comments that I thought was a good one to start this off. If Trey Lance becomes Jalen Hurts, do the 49ers win the trade? So I don't know... I don't know that the Miami has lost the trade in any. No matter what happens, I think Miami has has done good in this trade that they've ended up with Chubb and Hill, and they're winning. And but can the Niners also win the trade? And yeah, that that's what you're looking for is just for for Lance to become just a franchise guy, which it looks like Hertz is going to become. And obviously, Super Bowl is the goal. But Super Bowl, listen, not everybody's going to win a Super Bowl. You just want the Niners to to be in the dance and have a chance every year, and have Lance to be a guy that you could build around. And if that happens, I think I think you could say they both have won the trade based on what the early returns for Miami and what Lance would be. But Lance is one big TBD to me right now. Yep. Agreed.
0: Yep.
2: Was that good? Huh? You guys got nothing. Was that good of an answer? Yeah. You well, got I mean, one, like,
0: one, it's, oh. I, I do, I do <laughs> not want to get to the yeah. mailbag, but, but you know, it's, it's so hard to say, like, I know I say like, Oh, well Miami won the trade. It was more so in jest. Like it's really hard to say who wins and loses trades because there's ripple effects that go on in franchises for years beyond like, the initial trade right like you don't know what effect like three four years down the line this is going to have right and on top of that if the Niners yeah like you say if the Niners are perennially perennially contending every year and you know the Chiefs or uh, sorry the, the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill so if, if the uh if the Dolphins end up you know kind of fizzling out just after this year then you know we're, we're it's a it's a totally different conversation but I respect both teams for making those trades because they're they are win now moves and it takes a lot of balls to make those two moves. And I respect them a lot. And I think that both teams are going to be really fun to watch. Like, I have a soft spot for Mike McDaniel. I always will. And I will yeah. always wish the Dolphins well. And obviously, the Niners are my team. So it's going to be really interesting. I hope they never play each other in the Super Bowl, though. I hope that never happens. <laughs> well, they've, they've already done it. The Niners won. But I hope they never play each other again.
1: Again, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and 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 you got to look at it and you got to say, when we talk about this trade, the 49ers, if Trey Lance turns into a franchise quarterback, what you're looking at is that the outcome of that trade is that the 49ers got a franchise quarterback. The dolphins got two franchise wide receivers and an edge rusher. Like those are pretty equivalent in terms of impact, right? So in, in all reality, you're looking at what amounts to a win-win, which arguably that is what you want. I mean, it, it, trades aren't always a zero sum. It's not one winner and one loser. It, it can help both teams or it could really be a loser for both teams. So, you know, but like you said, Al, it, we don't really know until we see what Trey Lance turns into. So, you know, we're still looking a season or two down the road before we can even make that, you know, uh, comparison or, or, or see who won one.